Okay, okay. We're back. We're back, everybody. It's been a while. It's been uh, several, several months since the last time we talked. Uh, I'm here. I'm Herman Trass. I'm here with my my good friend and my my uh, partner, my co-host. What's your name, friend? Stephen Worthy, man. What's going on, everybody? How's it going, man? How you feeling, brother? Oh, man, I, I we got a, a real special, special, special guest in the house today. My man, Brand, <laughs> uh, you want to tell them, the, the people, who this is? Yeah, man, this is our guy, bro. Mm-hmm. We've, we've all come up together, man, around the same time, man. We've all known each other since we were maybe about 13, 14 years old. Uh, you know, he's, when we talk about firm, we talk about old days, high school, growing up. Um, this guy was right there in the middle of all that, man. This is, our guy, man, our partner, our brother, Earl Wallace, man. How's it yes, going, brother? Yes, yes. Drink yeah. champs out, man. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's going yo, on, yo? What's, What's up, up man? What's happening? What's happening? Brother, we have been looking so, so forward to talking to you. You you don't even know. Man, wow, very good, man. very good. I'm excited yeah. to be here. Okay. Yeah. yeah, man. When we came up with this whole concept, man, uh, our hope was to get all our brethren on here at one point or another, man, to speak to a piece, man. We have a lot of great fathers and mm-hmm. our crew. Uh, uh, that's really that's really what got us to the point where we came up with this concept, man. And this is just the first of many to kind of talk to and uh, reach out to a lot of these guys, man, that uh, have taught me about being a father before I even came a father, man. And that Earl yeah. is definitely, definitely that guy, ain't it, man? Don't you think that, Herm? Uh, you know what? He went first, man. I, I'll never forget September 29th of 2002. It was everything was just so, so different after that, man. It's like, whoa. Right, right. right. Changed whoa. the game, didn't it, man? It changed the it whole game. Official. Earl, tell us about yourself, man. We want to hear from you, man. Give, give, give Earl a little light, man. Let's, let's hear something. Yeah, yeah what you got, All man? Right. Tell us about yourself. Uh, Earl Wallace here from Gary, Indiana. Uh, I'm a Bishop No Warrior. Graduated from Bishop No High School. We love you anyway. It's fine. Yeah, yeah you it's know, okay. I got a rep. Okay. Got a rep. Got a rep. But um, no, I'm a, a father of four. Oh, grandfather okay. of one. Grandfather, man, y'all was beating us to something, ain't it, man? Damn. Hey, I did it first. I did it first. Hey, I see. I see. I see. Uh, I got a lovely wife, a uh, blended family. Um, I have a child, which she had before we got married, but she's my own. Mm-hmm. And then right. um, I had two children before we got married. She treats them as her own. And then we had one child um, together. Okay. Well, hold that. Mm-hmm. Don't, 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 don't spill all of the good stuff yet. We're going to. We're gonna get in that a little later, but uh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, I said, yeah, we yeah. uh we spent our I, we know matter of fact I went to uh, another thing Earl Earl I went to junior high school with Earl I mean though we didn't really yes. so that's Tolleston mm-hmm. stand up all right so <laughs> fellas well, what have we been up to lately man you got any uh any interesting tidbits about you know this this life of fatherhood or anything what what's been going on with you guys I know uh homecoming I started to see the pictures on Facebook yesterday you uh you all got any uh investment in that. Yeah, man. Long story for my homecoming story, man. But um, uh, I will say this uh, on the fatherhood tip, man. It is vital, and I'm sure we're gonna come across this maybe a couple times during this conversation. It is absolutely vital to have communication uh, with when it comes to co-parenting uh, with the other half. So, regardless of whether or not your child lives with you, doesn't live with you it is absolutely vital that you guys have some kind of communication going on to whereas the child can be in the middle and play the other half against one another. So that, that happens more often than not, man. So yeah, I'm dealing with homecoming uh, um, in a spe- specific type of way. Hopefully in the upcoming show, maybe we can get a little bit that more specific. Was, that was very specific. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was very, yeah, yeah. very specific. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> not if you know the idea, not really, but oh, still. Okay, I see. How about <laughs> you, Earl? Earl, you got one more still in the house, right? What's up? Yes, uh, she went to homecoming last year. Um, mm-hmm. She went by herself. Well, she went with a group of friends. Seem to have a good time. Um, she's not interested in homecoming this year, like in the dance. Mm. She is in a um, <clears throat> in a dance troupe, and I think they're going to be performing at the game. But oh. I don't think she's going to the dance. So okay, all right. Yeah. Like, actual homecoming, the actual game. That's funny. The thing we're talking about today, I'm the right woman, and choosing wisely when one chooses a maid, a wife, or whatever. So right. 
um i i did some research like i like i want to do sometimes and uh this is guy the great Sadhguru. he said what kind of woman enters your house will determine the nature of your life and what kind of children you bear your future your progeny and how they will live everything is determined by what kind of woman enters so fellas you got any any opening thoughts about choosing the right woman Mm. Um, to be honest with you, man, that can kind of make or break the trajectory of your life, man. You know, depending upon what your ambitions are, what your goals are, what your dreams are, uh, what you're trying to do, um, the woman that you put in your life could either make or break that in a heartbeat, man. That's that's a no-brainer, man. Now, I don't know that we were thinking that way as young men in our young, you know, in our early 20s. And we're going to get to uh, that. And we're going to get yeah, to that. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Uh, but, you know, bar none, man, that's, uh, that, that could make or break that decision, man. What, what do you think, Earl? Oh, absolutely. I agree. Um, <clears throat> like you said, the, the mindset that we had in our 20s and 30s is not the mindset that we had. And I don't think any woman would want you to be the same as you were in your 20s and 30s without growth. I mean, what are we doing, really? Mm-hmm. You know, so. I, certainly, I certainly hope not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Got to choose yeah. wisely. Choose wisely. Because all yeah, of those absolutely. things impact your everything. Your everything. Your, your peace in your household, your actual household, the trajectory of your life. I mean, it changes everything. We're going to tackle this issue here in three parts. Like, first part we'll start to talk about our mindset when we were young and and uh, what we thought then the second part will be speaking of on our experiences the things that those core things that that give us the attitudes that we have now and then we're going to start talk about third talk about those things that we think now and, and what we think we've the uh the the lessons that we think that we've collected and what we think we know and what we do know what, what we can tell you for absolute fact so if you guys are ready man we can go on this journey right now hey man let's make let's take a ride man Bet that. all right we're back here uh firm fatherhood i'm herman trass again Stephen worthy and who else mr earl wallace all right so coming into the situation man we're talking about you know the subject here is the right woman and, and how to choose wisely. Yeah. Uh, her, man, like in your early 20s, man, what was your mindset? Well, like when it came to women, did you have a specific plan in place as far as what you wanted, what you needed from her, what you wanted to give her? What was your mindset as far as dating, dealing with women? What, what, was, what was your mind at when it came to that type of thing? I like them thick. <laughs> <laughs> That was my mindset. Okay. Right, write that down. Write that down, kids. I'm, I'm I like them. Down now. I like them thick one. AF. <laughs> okay. Right? I like them okay. thick. You know what okay. I mean? I mean, honestly, okay. we're joking here. We're we're telling jokes. We're being funny. But I got to tell you, man. Um, I couldn't spell compatibility, man. I, you know, when I was in my twenties, it was just, it was that thing. Is all it was. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I had to work to get to this point where I am right now. Where you know, I'm thinking, okay, I, you know. That, that, is she smart or does she have a good sense of humor or is she this or is he that but you know no it, it was all the importance of thickness is my message from from, <laughs> uh, from 2001 <laughs> <laughs> okay all right uh, i mean and that's, that's know, no good man i mean everybody knows that's no way to carry it but i, I you know it, am, am i by was. myself is that what i'm hearing that's that's what it was absolutely man. not absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah, no no Everything yeah. that you thought you wanted then, it was all based off of looks. It had nothing to do, it was all surface. It had nothing to do with, like you said, is she gonna be a good mother? What what kind of family values is she bringing into my house? Mm. It was all about, is she tall? Is she, you know, does she check these boxes? Is she the prototype? Right. The look. Nothing right. to do with anything inside. It was all visual. All, and as men, I think we are heavily visual people, creatures. Yeah. So in our, you know, young 20s or, you know, even at the end of high school, that's what we wanted. If she looks the part, she wins. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Right. We overlooked all the, you know, women who mm. were reading and studying on the A honor roll, and they were probably skinny, and nah, that's not what I want. I want the cheerleader that everybody sees so that I can walk around and say, yeah, I got to die. I, I right. didn't care about that part. I, I just like what I like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. have you ever thought, why did you like that? Because that's what was portrayed in all the rap videos. This is what we saw. It, we was, inherent. it was inherent for me. I mean, that's just what I liked as a person. I mean, rap video, <laughs> damn. I didn't just, hear, I just. need to hear Ludacris and Nelly tell me nothing. I ain't, I was, I'm <laughs> like, oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> said, said, all you do was thick and frothy. That's all. Yeah, you do. <laughs> baby. You know what I'm saying? Man, hey, so. man, I, I, I see. Concern, man. Yeah, I, same way, man. I wanted somebody, uh, somebody, a, a dime piece on my arm that, uh, my buddies would be envious of, and we can, you know, sit around and talk about, you know, oh man, she's this, she's that, she's this, man. You know, it was all aesthetics. It was all outside stuff. Uh, whatever she had inside that was wrong with him, uh, you know, I, I just felt like I just deal with it because she was, she checked every other box. So in all actualities, man, you know, whatever crazy meter that I gave her, the higher she rated on it, the probably the better that she was for me at that time, because- oh. You know, we we associated the crazy meter with you know how bad she was at the time. So, okay. oh man, she's insane. But look at her; is this is okay, right? Let me rewind on that last part because I think you know you you made a good point. Did you mm. very very consciously say to yourself, "Hey, listen, she's not good. I don't think I can stand to be around her for too long." But X Y Z, you you no. basically come to that conclusion, really? Yourself. I would. I, I would because if if she checked every other aesthetic box that I needed her to check, hmm. then it wasn't really nothing else to really talk about. Whatever inside that she had going on with her or wrong with her, whether or not uh, we fought all the time, whether or not we weren't really compatible, whether or not we even got along, I could get past all that stuff because I was only really looking for one thing. I just really wanted one thing. I just really wanted her to look nice hmm. uh, for whenever I did take her out. I just wanted her to do whatever it is a 22 year old thought about every time he woke up in the morning. That's all I really was thinking about at the time. So, you know, that, that's, that's just the truth of it, man. It's, it's what it was at that time. So did either one of you ever run into a, some really beautiful idiots? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Hey Earl, so take it, man. Take it. Let's, let's hear something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to talk about my personal, but I will bring up one of Stephen's. <laughs> well, I think it's only fair. Like, I'll talk about somebody else. Right. He had this one female that was absolutely beautiful. Every time he brought her around, I was like, man, she is. I shake his hand like, boy. But having a conversation with her, you scratch your head like, ooh, my, right, my, my. Right, my, my, my. Man. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, and I used to ask him like, "Hey, man, you can't really bring her around the crew. Like, if, if people talk to her, <laughs> you gonna have some explaining to do, bro." So she but, left I mean, a lot to be desired. She yeah, did. we 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 accepted her, and I was like, "Yeah, she she looks the part, but oh man, yeah, she cannot carry a conversation, my friend." Not the bag, huh? All right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I mean, like you bad. said, we overlook a lot of that thing, a lot of those things, because it's not important to you. You don't care if she cleans the house or, you know, if she's going to take care of you when you get old. All you care about is when she show up on the scene, all my guys are going to look like, damn. So mm. 22, 23 years old means right here, right now. Mm. So right here, right now at 22, 23 years old, yeah, didn't really absolutely. Mean, it didn't really mean take care of my home, take care of my kids. This is my game plan going forward. This is what I need to do. Can you fit that mold? Can you can you do that? It wasn't ever that. It was just it was just me that I was concerned with and what I want. That's really all it was, man. And all the stuff that my mother may have taught me as far as dating and dealing with women, all the things that my father may have taught me when it came to dating and dealing with women, I didn't utilize any of those things. I I acted like I paid attention when they were talking about it, but when it came to some beautiful woman walking past me, it was just like, oh, what? What's going on, huh? I, I didn't care about any of that stuff. Those things didn't really incorporate themselves into my life until further down the line. Okay, well, I, I, and again, I want to rewind on that yet again, because that's mm -hmm. something I wanted to bring up to you guys is that, you know, what kind of game were we getting at the time? Was anybody trying to speak to us about, hey, maybe you should make sure she has this, or maybe you should be looking for this, or maybe you should be going this direction instead of that direction? I, I don't remember hearing that from, from the surrounding 
you know, the surrounding parties at the time. I didn't get a lot of that myself. I mean, I'm not speaking for you guys, but tell me. How come, how about every time we went to Earl's crib and his mom was sitting and school us about some hmm. stuff? Yeah. What about every time we go to my house and my mom will sit us down and school us about some stuff? And if you really want to get down to it, how about this? You, I remember you told me once before that pops didn't, your pops didn't really speak on the relationship aspect and women as much. And mm. it's funny, man, either did mine. Mine didn't really, he would, all, the only thing he would tell me would be, uh, leave them girls alone, get in them books. That's all he would really tell me. And he couldn't tell me that at 22, I didn't have no books. I, I was, at the time I was just working, I wasn't even in school. So he wouldn't even really reiterate that to me. So how about going forward, being men and being fathers and trying to be better men and being better fathers how about we reiterate that to our sons going forward and also going forward you know there's going to be times where this our sons bring their friends around bring their crew around how about we take it a step further admitting that we had great fathers and knowing we had great fathers and try to make it a little bit better for them man where we can reiterate and kind of spread that message as far as what to do and what not to do maybe that could help someone that didn't you know that something make less of a mistake that we, we made in our early 20s mid 20s and later 20s i have to agree um we did hear a lot of game growing up i remember going in you know you guys's house and hearing a lot of things we may not have applied those things you know it was falling on deaf ears at 22 21 i had it all figured out i didn't need these old people telling me what to do and how to do it and how to get there and whatnot so it may have fallen on deaf ears. <clears throat> right. So <clears throat> to me, we like like Steve said, we do need to reiterate that because I do remember those conversations, not so much like um, with the older generation, but my younger uncles that were kind of close in age, they would lead me in the wrong direction. Like, hey, yeah, she bad in the mud. You need to go holler at her or, whoo, you know, such and such around the corner. No, mm -hmm. that's not the direction that you need. Granted, right. that was great advice for a 22-year-old. That's what I remember. I remember listening to those conversations and ignoring the ones that your parents may have given to us. <clears throat> I remember when my mom, uh, she told me about an uh, ex-girlfriend of mine. When I introduced her to her, she said, that girl ain't no good and she's, she's not going to be good for you. I mm. said, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> she was dead right. I mean, oh, verbatim, yeah. And my yeah. mother reminded me afterwards, like, you're going through all this because I told you. And I was like, yeah, you're right, mom, you're right. right. But it wasn't until right. I was, you know, it was too late. It wasn't too late. It was things that already happened. And I was like, okay, now I'm in this situation and I brought it on myself. I should have listened to my mom when I, was, when I wasn't, but I was listening to my uncles, you know what I'm saying? So just, yeah, we got to change the trajectory of our, of the next generation. What about, them, sure extras? What about them extras though, Earl? I know she told you she wasn't no good, but what, what about them extras? Them, si them extras. Oh, well, she didn't know about them. <laughs> but that's a good point. That's a good point. Because here it was, I had a girlfriend that I thought was worthy enough to bring home to mom. This is the best of the best, because mm -hmm. I'm bringing her home to mom. And mm -hmm. my mother told me she's not right. And I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. she's, she's right for right now, you know? Yeah. But and, and as a young man and as a teenager, you're not really trying to hear that, man. You think you got it all figured out. Um, I know that now, being older, having teenagers, they look at you like you got a hole in your head. Like, man, what you talking about? Like, let me handle this. This is my life. Let me you know, bring this out however I need to bring this out. And I'll learn from myself. But you definitely don't know what you're talking about. And that was my same thought process. My father was, you know, he was a little bit older at the time and he you know him telling me something was just like talking to a brick wall like what what are you talking about <laughs> you, you've been married to my up 10 years you don't know nothing about what's going on out here in these streets i got this i'm good and i couldn't be furthest from from not being right it was horrible you know I, and i pretty much ran that gauntlet on my own and by myself man because uh, i wouldn't listen and made it that much more difficult for myself you know what i'm saying mm, to the point of those extras, those extra things on the side that we were talking about with uh with Earl is um we all know what we were what we were after during those during those days and at that time. And I've had this conversation with Seaburn before, but I'll put it to you, Earl. What about running into that one too early when you're a young man and that first girl that kind of just the one or one? No, nah, not not the one, that other okay. one. You know, maybe okay. she didn't, you know, wife material, but that other things just, 
Yeah. Because you get blinded by that other thing. What if you run into her too early? Because I told C. Renette, there's a something, you know, there's a something. If Ooh. I would have ran into person X two years earlier at this particular time, married, yeah, yeah. married, married, yeah. finished, done. You feel me? Yeah. So what, what do you say to that, Earl? We really want to hear what you got to say about that. Um, Giving gifts to a child too soon is never good for anybody. It's never <laughs> yeah. good. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I believe that. I, I got that gift really, really early, like out the gate. It was like, oh, like mind blown. I, I wasn't the same after this person. Like, <laughs> seriously, like I, I, she changed everything. Mm. And I was like, mm. and it, mm. it messed me up. It changed my mindset. And when that didn't work out, I, I went on the holy terror. I mean, I was scorching the earth. <laughs> I, I recall. <laughs> seriously, I recall, like it, it changed yeah. everything. Like, oh, that's what we're doing? Okay. <laughs> So <laughs> let me show you something. <laughs> let me show you. I never felt like she was the one that got away, but she absolutely gave me the gift. And like it it changed everything. Like I probably ran into some people that I didn't give a chance to because I was afraid of, you know, what was to come. Mm. If you catch my drift. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I can dig, mm. it. I can dig it. So like, mm. yeah, I, it was like I'm in and out, like bang, bang. I ain't got time to even get to know you. <laughs> because I don't want I don't want that pain again. I yeah. do not. Here we are. We're back uh, at Firm Fatherhood. We're here with Stephen Worthy and Earl Wallace. Uh, fellas, Stop, we're going to move uh, into the second part, the uh, second segment. And we're going to talk about our what our experiences is and those uh, core experiences that make us the people, the men that we are right now. So go ahead, Steve. Well, Doug, man, when you, when you find out, you got the news, uh, the, the young ladies in the situation, they knew what was going on. Everybody knew. Um, from that point forward, what was your plan? What, like, what did you draw out in your mind that you were trying to execute from that point forward? At that point, I was, um, school was my goal. It was my tool that I was gonna use to get to all my goals. Um, I had to drop out of school. Uh, mm. My son was born in August, I'm sorry, uh, September. <laughs> Yeah, mm -hmm. and then um, my daughter was born in December. So at the beginning of the semester, I was getting a syllabus and <laughs> realizing that I was having a child. And the week of finals, my child was born. You know, so I had two kids like in a semester. That is crazy, crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, to yeah. think that I would get any type of good grades is like seriously. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So your mindset was still on your original plan. Uh, but somewhere in your mind, when it finally started to click, you were like, yeah, we got to change this up. We got to do something different. Yeah. Oh, that semester, yeah. I was like, I have to withdraw. I have to figure something out because now I have big bills. You know, I got diapers. I got, you know, I got things right. that I have to take care of. And um, and I didn't get a whole lot of help from, you know, the mothers. And they, they shouldn't help. You know, that's your yeah. life. You figure out how you want to do it. So right. I came to terms with that semester, I think it was at the end of that semester, I withdrew from school and the money that I was putting towards school, I had put in my kids' mouths, you know, right. clothes on their back, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, I always had a full-time job. I was working at Bright Point at the time. Um, Look at that. And I took on a lot more of overtime. It was work, work, work. You know, that, that was the thing. I got to work, I got miles to feed. Once okay. um, the kids got a little older and I got a little, I, I picked up another job for a while that didn't work out because <laughs> I remember that. Um, yeah, my uh, girlfriend, who is now my wife at the time, was like, "You gone all the time," and I got, I, di I didn't get a break from the kids. So any weekends that I was working, she was pretty much picking up the slack, and there was a lot of animosity from the children's mothers with my lifestyle at the time. Right. It wasn't my wife; it was just my girlfriend. Right. And they didn't like that. So I, I was catching it from, and the money just wasn't adding up. I was like, I'm not happy. My girlfriend at the time wasn't happy. My kids, I wasn't there. So what am I doing? You know? Mm -hmm. So I had to get a better job. <clears throat> so then I figured, all right, let me go back to school, readjust this thing. So that when I come out of school, that I will have a, a one job that's paying better than what I'm currently at. So that's what right. I did. I, I, I <laughs> laced up my bootstraps, went back to work. Uh, in school, finished, mm -hmm. got my degree, and then, um, you know, kind of took off with my career from that point on so that I could feed these kids because I, I realized that it, I couldn't get it done any other way. Good man. Well, you said you, you said something to me that was really interesting. Like, you know, 
towards the end of the of the answer. Um, and I here's a question for you, bro. So seeing that we're talking about the right woman and how to choose wisely, you're you're in a situation to where as you're trying to figure out your game plan. You you go on to school, you're working, you got picked up a second job, and you just mentioned at the time that you had a girlfriend. So with amidst all the turmoil that was going on at the time in your life, what made you comfortable enough to invite this woman into your life at that point in time in your life that you had so much going on? It's a good question. That may, you know, maybe she can kind of come in and calm, did you think that she can come in and calm the storm uh, where, where, where you were getting nothing but drama? Was she calm? Was she, you know, helpful? Like what made you bring her onto, on, on a board while everything was just seeming like it was just so much going on with you? I, um, very good question, my friend. She more so was a partner for me. I needed somebody that um, I trusted, that I I felt like she was a companion, 100%. Like when I met her, I felt like I didn't want to leave her. You know, it was kind of like one of those kindred spirits. Like, all right. Right. I got a friend, I got somebody that I can trust. And it wasn't even like, I think for the, at the beginning, I tried to shield her from a lot of the stuff that I was dealing with. True. Just too. because I didn't, I didn't want to give her the whole thing. Cause she'd be like, I'm getting the hell up out of here. You got too much going on. Right. So I was like, um, I, I would confide in her just small things that I felt like, okay, she can handle this or, you know, and I, and, and that's really what I needed. I just needed somebody that I could talk to somebody to be like, dang, babe, you know, that's, that's rough. Even if she didn't, you know, help out or anything, just somebody that could listen to me, somebody that I could be open and honest to. As a black man, we're not, uh, I'm forgetting the word, but we're not very open to our friends. You know, you need somebody that you can be vulnerable with. Mm, And she was that person. Absolutely. And at the time, at the time, vulnerability wasn't really our key word, man. We Absolutely were, not. You know, we was <laughs> we would spare fear or blood, man. It'd be over, man. You know, not saying yeah. that we didn't love each other dearly and wasn't there for each other through whatever the case may be, uh, but it's not nothing as what a woman can be for you in those times of feed and vulnerability. So yeah, I feel you on that. I mm, feel you yeah. on that. Absolutely. She kept me saying, still yep. here. Let me take this this next one. Um. Uh, I was just, you know, I, I think Stephen had a, a really good question when he, he asked, uh, you know, what were you looking for? You know, why were you uh, comfortable bringing your wife into, into such a situation? My question is this, like, what was the conversation like when it came to that, that, that fourth kid? You know, how, how did, did she talk you into that or did <laughs> you want that? Or how did that work? <laughs> hey, let's do it again. What? <laughs> 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 there was no conversation. That was a surprise. Like, <laughs> oh, it was a bonus. I was like, oh, okay. By the way, yeah. <laughs> she might as well love your ass then. <laughs> right. uh, I was like, well, let's do it. <laughs> Hey, a pleasant surprise at that. Yes, That's it was cool. a pleasant surprise. Oh, God yeah. bless her. God bless her. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man. Oh, no, man. Um, uh, in all seriousness, is, man, this, uh, this, these, you know, these people that you see in front of us being these uh, experienced people that, you know, that are a little more settled and a little more sure of themselves, man, this is all sprung from failed relationships, man. You know, it's like, before you can choose right you'll have to choose wrong right uh, before yeah. you can make a wise choice you could you have to make a dumbass choice you know in, in this what we're talking about you know right. so it, what the ladies might call it is you know you got to kiss a few frogs right right and i feel right. like that's that's what we're dealing with here um the last point i wanted to, to bring up in this segment was you know what was the turning point for you Earl, when you, you know when you decided I need to start when choosing my mate, when I'm choosing my significant other, my, my partner, whatever. When did you know, okay, I need to start thinking differently when selecting this person? Um, my thought process changed not so much um, with choosing a person, but choosing who I uh, choose to lay down with. 
when that second child was presented to me, I was like, okay, I'm being really, really reckless out here with myself. And um, mm. I thought about it. I was like, you know, God had to slow me down because he could have gave me AIDS, but he gave me KIDS. And I'm thankful for that. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I was really, really out here just raw. Yeah, you next, whoever, just really, really reckless. And not the type of person that I would want, like once you start having kids, you want to portray yourself as a father. You don't want to be this 22 year old dude just out here slanging wood, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, yeah. that was the point. When I was like, baby number two, I said, okay, I need to be cautious of who I lay down with because the common denominator is me. Mm. Yeah. It is. I can be mad yeah. at everybody in the world, but the common denominator is myself. Uh, so, from so, that so, so for the most part, you just got to a point where you just kind of started holding yourself accountable and putting yourself in a point position to where it's, and look, these decisions and these things that I'm doing, they're affecting me directly. Like, they're not, you know, and, and they're affecting, and, and at a point when you start having kids, they're, they're affecting them as well. So you have no other choice but to hold yourself accountable and do what you need to do and grow up and uh, and kind of go in a different direction. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. There, there was no other way. There was no other way. I was like, look, I can, you can blame the world, but it's right. your fault. And I remember having a really tough conversation with my mother. You know, I was going through it and she did this and she did that and she's not allowing me. And he, she said, what did you do? Right. <laughs> what about what you did? And my, right. I was raised, um, <clears throat> a little more background. I was raised by a single mother. Right. Um, my stepfather came around when I was in junior high and uh, they got married shortly thereafter. But mm -hmm. um, a lot of what the lessons that my mother were teaching me was coming from a place of pain because she was a single mother and she wouldn't allow me to just have these kids and walk away. So when right. she was speaking to me, it took me a long time to understand that she's speaking from a place of being a single parent. Right. And I, I used to think that she doesn't know and she wants me to do all this extra stuff, but she just wanted me to be the best man that I could be because my father wasn't there. I always wanted to be there. I knew when I had kids that I was going to be a good dad. I, I wasn't going to be an absentee father. But she, when it was time, she was like, no, you need to step up. And it's not just doing the bare minimum. You're going to do this, you're going to do that. Because she held me accountable. You know, I felt like a lot of the things that I did, you know, <clears throat> I did more for my kids. Because I could have just paid child support and been, I, I'm cool. Now nah, I'm paying child support. I'm fighting for joint custody. Um, I'm getting them when I can, you know. And it wasn't just like, oh, every other weekend. Now, if you got an issue, okay, yeah, I got it. If I'm off work, no problem, I got you or whatever. Right. And it's still to that day. If, if my kids need me, I'm gonna go above and beyond within my means. Of course. Mm -hmm. so. I, 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 well, you just talked about that. I know, Herm, you said that was, you know, your question that you want to wrap up the statement. But I got one last one for you, man. Uh, just for everybody listening, the young men, other fathers. It's all the above, man. Could you briefly kind of touch on and talk about the hit that you took as a young man, kind of really just starting out in the game financially and hard, how hard it was for you to get a footing uh, in life to be able to properly take care of your family without losing your mind? Like sometimes I think we as young Black men get into a point, into a place where like we were just talking about, we sleep around, man, we mess around, we look up, man, and we got a kid or two in foot and we walking around here man and you know before you can really make a good significant amount of money to live up off live off of you're seeing child support on that little box in the bottom right corner if you check stuff and it's just kind of taken from something that really hasn't you haven't really had a time to build it to where you needed it to be you're just really starting out man so could you talk about briefly how hard that hit was and what it took for you to kind of finally rise above that to where it didn't hinder you or hurt you as much anymore? Um, <clears throat> when I first started seeing that child support payment come out, I realized how, how I was wasting a lot of resources. At 22, mm. I'm in the club, I got new clothes, I'm fresh, you know. I didn't yeah. have the best car, but I had a decent car, you know, music, right. all that. Anything that I wanted to do, I was able to do. You're right. But when that task force started coming out, I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> let me stop doing this. We don't need yeah. that anymore. You, you you start to be a lot more responsible with your money because you don't have it like that. Yeah. Um, I remember <clears throat> that first like year or so on child support, I kept looking at how much money they was taking away 
And I had to change mm -hmm. my focus. Like they're not taking the money away. They just reallocating it towards your kids. Right. The first check that I got when they took both payments and child support out, it was enough for a Escalade, Cadillac Escalade. I know they just came out at that time. And I was like, here mm -hmm. I am driving like a 01 Grand Am. I could be driving a Cadillac Escalade with the amount of money yeah. that I'm paying in child support. Right. So I just had to rethink and refocus my energy. It's like, okay, this isn't going to work. Like I said, I, I tried the two-job thing. <clears throat> that didn't work. I knew I had to have a long-term plan. Nothing short-term was going to get it. I tried to hustle. You know, I was DJing. I was selling unlawful things. All kind of things mm -hmm. were going on. Just trying to hustle up some money so that I could eat. I, right. I needed a long-term plan. And it was, I had to go back to school. That was mm -hmm. it. I had to go back to school. So I just refocused. I took out a couple grants. I finished up school. And then at that point, my career started taking off at work. Okay. So that's how I knew I was kind of on the on the right path. Okay. It got okay. so bad, y'all. Um, <clears throat> my wife and I had moved into the well, we weren't married at the time. We had just moved into a house and I was paying like all the bills with my check and a credit card. I got to the point where I was like, I got enough space for one more payment on my mm -hmm. credit card before it's maxed out. Mm -hmm. God came through. I don't know where some money came from, but money just started falling off the skies. You know, I, I don't I don't even remember where the money was coming from, but we we just mm -hmm. made it. I got a couple right. uh, advances at work. You know, my wife, uh, girlfriend at the time, she started coming up and we just started building. And it was right. an abundance. It was like, you made it. Like, because I felt like because I was on the right path going back to school and I was close to graduation, that God was letting me know that, you know, right before I <laughs> couldn't take any more, he's like, I got you. He swooped in, picked me up, and mm. we just took off from that point. Mm. Yeah, man, we, we've got to talk about a lot of things here, man. We're here with uh, Mr. Wallace, man, uh, affectionately known as Dub to us, uh, mm -hmm. Mr. Herman Trass. Yep. Uh, we, we're up here talking about the right woman, the right choices, choosing wisely. Um, so, so Earl, all the stuff that you went through, man, all the things that you've done and, and where you are now, where you sit now, you know, and I know, uh, you know, I know your son, that's my godson. Uh, what are some of the things that you tell him off the experiences that you've had and a lot of things that he got to be privy to and got to witness for his own, for his own self? What are some of the gems that you throw him, um, after, you know, going through what you've been through? Um, the biggest thing with my son that I've been trying to teach him is uh, to act accordingly with these uh, young women that he's dating. Everybody doesn't deserve the, the same amount of energy. Um, <clears throat> I remember when he first started dating, he uh, went on his first date. We sat down with his mom, uh, my wife, his stepmom, just to be mm -hmm. clear, um, <clears throat> and his sisters. And we talked about what dating looks like. And he had been working over the summer. He, he liked this young lady. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to really take her out on a nice date. We're talking movies, right. scooters, downtown, uh, <clears throat> out to eat, and some other things. And I was like, well, you're going to run up a bill on this girl, and you don't even know if she really likes you. Ended up mm -hmm. that she really did like him. She dated, They dated for a while. Um, fast forward, relationship ran its course. He had a new girl, and he was like, well, this is our first date. I want to do the same thing. I said, wait, wait, wait. We can't keep, you know, spending $200 on first whoa, date. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Back your bus up. Sorry. Yeah. Hold yes. on, bro. Hold on. Right. Hold on. Yeah. Do you really like this girl? Do you, do you think that she likes you? He was like, she's okay, but I think she likes me more. Come to find out, she asked him on a date. I said, then... Mm, Let's cut this in half, homie, you know? So I just try to teach him because like I said, you can't give the jewels to the uh, uh, kid too early. I believe he just still seriously out. He's not even seriously dating. He's just out here dating. I mm, said, right. make sure that you are careful who you choose to lay down. It's okay to, to you know, date and date and date, but who you lay down with, it can change your life. Seriously. Mm -hmm. One night yeah. of passion, a lifetime of pain. I, I think it was a... Uh, a lifetime of pain. Uh, uh, I forget the movie, but yeah. Yeah. A lifetime of pain. pain. And it's yeah. just like, huh, okay, yeah. He has a buddy that um recently, they, they both started college last year. His friend um has a, uh, well, his girlfriend got pregnant while they were in college and they're returning to school this year. 
Mm-hmm. And before I could talk to the young man, like a couple of weeks in, he had called AJ and was like, man, it's really, really hard. Last year, we were like kind of having fun. This year, I can't. Like all my fun, fun funds have to be spent on diapers. Yeah, like it, right. it changes everything. So I'm glad that he has that friend that's around that he can see. Like, yeah, one night can change your life. So mm-hmm. um, I am a... I kind of want to be open with my kids. Like they ask mm-hmm. me anything, I try not to lie. I don't try to bullshit. I, I kind of give it to them, you know, of course, if it's age appropriate. Right. So if he has any questions, I will always answer them. But um, I'm just kind of spoon feeding him right now. I know he's 20, but I don't want to let him know because a lot of the things that I went through, I went through with his mother. So it, right. it's, it's very hard. I can't be like, hey, man, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's still his yeah. mother. He still loves her. I never talk bad about either one of my kids' mothers. Good man. Good man. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't give it to them all like that. Yeah. No, nah, no. Nah. Small doses. Yeah, small, small doses. doses. And I, small I, I doses. tend to like to let them ask what happened. I'm like, oh, okay, now that you're ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you right. know what? In, in, in light of this being our last segment, man, we're coming towards 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 the close. Uh, I got still got so many questions for you guys, man. Uh, <laughs> I mean, number one here, you know, we'll try to run these uh, babies out quickly. You know, what what constitutes a good woman? And, you know, and, and tell me, you know, what does a good choice look like, fellas, please? Hmm. In order to know what a good choice looks like, you have to be uh, you have to be self-aware. You have to be at a position in life where you know who you are and you know where you're going. Because if you don't, you're choosing, you're kind of just throwing a dart in the, in the dark. You don't really know what you're hitting. You don't know where you're going. You don't know who you are. So I think the biggest thing is to be self-aware, kind of get to the point where you know yourself and you know your needs, you know what you want, you know what you like, um, and and then choose accordingly. Because um you know, like we were just talking about, man, when you're younger, we're just really figuring this thing called life out. We get to a point now where we are, we have these uh, goals in, in mind and we got kind of specifically where we're trying to go and how we're trying to get there, man. And and when that right woman comes along, man, she aids in that process. She doesn't obstruct it. She aids in that process, man. So that's kind of, that's kind of key on what helps going forward you know when choosing a good woman or choosing the right woman all right earl now you follow that i think a good woman will hold you down and a bad bitch will hold you up <laughs> oh uh, hey listen hey, I, I, did hey, issue, hey, I issued hey, a challenge hey, and earl man um <laughs> because in our 20s we out here looking for these bad bitches mm-hmm. but in our 30s and 40s you need to be looking for a good woman Mm. Um, as far as when you find a good woman, you got to do your research, look at their background, look where they come from, but you know, what kind of values do they come from? Do they withhold the values that were taught to them or do they set them aside? Are you guys good with reinventing family values? You know, like you said, uh, our parents talked to us and we didn't think that they knew what they were talking about. Our kids look at us the same way. It's a lot about this technology and this internet that I just don't get. And I don't even care to get it. I'm like, you know what? That's stupid. That's dumb. I'm moving right along. But right. <clears throat> you have to find somebody to be like, okay, I'll pick up the slack because I'm not even going to address that, you know? But she yeah. will. She'll fill in those gaps. And I think that that's the healthy relationship that we have. We, you just got to find that balance. Somebody that is your, the yin to your yang. Mm, yeah, do absolutely. your research. The family history is so important. Look at a mama. Look at her grandmama. <laughs> that's a good one, see. That's, that. that's a how real do they good treat one. The elders? Like, how does she treat her, yeah. her, her dad? What's her relationship yeah. with her grandfather? You know, with her family. Yeah, look at these period. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Let's uh let's uh go back to some of the stuff we talked about in uh the first segment, man. And uh we talking about, and I said that you know, I like them thick, is what I said. And uh <laughs> I want you guys to talk about, you know, the importance of attractiveness then versus now i mean i know how i feel but i'm curious about how you guys feel i mean do you go do you lead with oh my god i gotta have a a sexy little salt and pepper thing how does that work these days (laughs) bro it's definitely different than when i was younger man because that's Mm -hmm. all i was looking for and that's all i wanted 
Mm. Now, don't get me wrong, man. You don't want to wake up to something that you ain't trying to see every morning. You know what I'm saying? That's, <laughs> that's just, I mean, that's everybody, right? You know, we can preach all day long. It's all about what's inside. Yeah, that's nice. You know, that's nice. But we want to, you know, you want to be somewhere along the lines, generally you're attracted to your mate. You know, and that's just kind of, that's understandable. I'll write that down. Attracted to your mate. Attracted to your mate. But you you want more of a balance than what you were looking for in your early 20s. You you, you look for more of a balance. What do you think, Doug? I agree. You need to be physically attracted to your mate, but you also need to, they also need to carry some other things that are attractive about them. Is she a go-getter? Is she going to help you? Is she going to take care of me? when I'm 60 and 70, cause I don't want some little cute thing that's gonna run out and you know, she got the money yeah. and then, nah, well, what's the point in that? So I think as we get older, we start to look at things as an investment. Like our better years are probably behind us. You know, <laughs> in the 20s yeah. and 30s is real good. The next 20, 40 years, your health is gonna decline. Huh? You right. need somebody right. gonna help you, you know? Right, right. Motivate one another to be healthy, you know, going into yeah, those latter yes, years of your lifetime. Yes, right. Yes, yes. All right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So um my my last question, I guess I'll make it the last. I feel like I could talk to you guys forever about this, honestly. But we uh, always do. Yeah, yeah. My last question is uh so in choosing a good woman, uh making a, a good solid choice, you know, is it as much for the kids as it is for you? Because that's what we're talking about, right? We're talking about fatherhood. I mean, are you choosing not only for yourself, but also for several somebody's down the line? That's absolutely, man, because when you when you get down to that, man, you're talking about your lineage. And that's something that we really hadn't spoken about throughout this entire thing. It's like, you know, you're talking about your kids, your kids, kids, and then on down the line. If you are not thinking about your last name, if you're not thinking about your lineage, you know, if you're not thinking about this woman that represents you every time she walks out that house, then you're lost. Because if you don't respect her, she doesn't respect you, she doesn't love you, uh, you don't love her as far as those kids are concerned, uh, it's, it's, it's a huge L. It's really a huge L, man, because if, if that woman, some, if you pick the woman that's not the greatest nurturer, uh, not the greatest mother, not the greatest, you know, it, it's just so so many different boxes that, that need to be checked when it comes to being a mother, man. And you're not looking for perfection, um, but the decision that you make, you know, as far as that is concerned, uh, it's, it's greatly important, man. Her being a great mother ended up being not on the list at all when in my early 20s to being top of the list in my 40s. I, I saw, I just researched some things online that, that was saying, it was a guy, that, Sid Haru, Sid Guru or whatever his name was, said that, you know, there are no soulmates and there are no perfect people. You know, it's just like, you, you go and you make this commitment or you don't, okay? There will be no other perfect person on the end. You'll just drive yourself crazy even looking for that. And what we should really be concentrating our energies on is, uh, am I the right person? Is it me? So I feel like, I agree with the fact that, you know, at the end of the day, the ball's in our court, man. We, you know, we gotta make sure that we're suitable men if we want a suitable woman, uh, you know, and that's uh, one, the, the last thing that he said, I won't quote this guy anymore, but he says that uh, when you approach somebody with so many needs, you need them to be X amount of feet tall, or you need them to be this, you need to be, you approach them as a beggar and beggars cannot choose. So uh, any parting thoughts from our uh, guest, Earl Wallace? Um, The one thing I want to add about the uh, women is you have to find, because you're never going to know. You can, like you said, you're looking for all these people to do this and you don't really know. You have to find somebody that you're willing to carry their baggage as well as yours. Mm. That's it. Okay. That's it. Mm. It's even worthy. Just because she's the wrong woman doesn't mean she's a bad woman. It could mean she's just not the right woman for you. So put yourself in a situation where she's the best woman for you in your situation. Listen, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you two as as always, man. We loved having you, Earl. Hopefully you can do this again with us. Absolutely, absolutely. Anytime, my friend. Thanks for the opportunity. Um, 
You guys are awesome. I believe in this platform that you guys are doing. Um, I'm here for you in any capacity. It's an absolute honor that I was the first, the first guest on the show. Let's not forget that. Um, real quick, I want to plug a couple of my things. Uh, are you on the operators out there? Look for me at www.lanasys.net. Uh, I am a dispatcher, 24-7 dispatching services. Um, if you're in a tight jam, give us a call. We can get you out of it, all right? I uh, appreciate you guys for the opportunity, like I said. I do have to. I do have one single bone I need to pick with you, Earl Wallace. Okay. You made reference earlier in the first segment. You said something about we might have overlooked, you know, skinny girls that were in the books and on the honor roll. And let me just say, hey, I picked a couple of those off, too. <laughs> oh. I, I thought this cat about to say something pro right, something man. deep and all oh, oh, <laughs> Y'all know, y'all know all way, right. way better than that, man. I don't right. have to, you know. Right. I only go so deep, man. I just want to make sure to remind everybody that we are on Spotify, we are on iMusic, uh, we are on SoundCloud. Uh, please look us up, Firm Fatherhood, one word. Uh, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. Come say something, man. You got a topic you want to talk about, something that's bothering you, you need some help. Please reach out, man. Holler at us, man. We can talk about the topic. We can bring you on the show, man. The opportunities are endless. So please holler at us, man. And also, uh, I also want to plug my business, man. Actual Air Solutions, man. We clean air duct drive-ins, commercial, residential. Get at us also as well. Actual Air Solutions 21 at Gmail. Uh, give me a holler if you need any kind of help. Uh, we're, we're here to help you, man. So I just want to get that plug in real quick, man. Go ahead, Herm. You got it, bro. Oh, that's a black-owned business, right? right it is a black-owned business. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, that's something we really got to invest in these ne next few years. It's certainly something we need to instill in the next generation is we got to start supporting those black businesses and having our dollars kind of stay within our community. Cycle our own dollars is very yeah. important. Dollar circulate. Right. Yes, sir. Right. We, gotta we got sure a lesson we that we got way late in the game, man. But we you know we, we need to make up some ground for that one. Absolutely. Um, listen, that's it. Next until the next time, I'm Herman Trask. I'm Sebrin Worthy. Earl Wallace, appreciate y'all. And we will see you the next time. Peace out, y'all.